time I'm going to invite the little ones to come back. Big round of applause for the adults that did all that. Yeah. I see you back there. I see you up there. Some of them probably went out to grab an aspirin or something as as soon as it was over. All right, so as I already mentioned, um, we started the new church year. Advent begins the church year. So Happy New Year, everybody, because we're the third week um, into our new church year, and we call it the season of Advent. Um, Today we're focused on the word joy, and you see it right there, joy in the lion's den. As opposed to the word happiness. Um, Those are two very different words in the Bible. Um, When you think about it, the word happy um, has the same root word as happen. All right, happy and happen. And if you're old school, happenstance. Right, so our happiness is based on what happens to us too much in the world. Well, the Bible speaks about it differently. Jesus says that you're going to experience a joy that no one can take away. You're going to experience a joy that no one can take away. You're going to feel that fullness of joy. So that's what we're talking about here today. Like I said, the Bible talks about joy in a way different way. I've got one verse for you this morning, but it's a big one. It's Nehemiah 8, chapter, or chapter 8, verse 10, the second half of that verse. It says this. It says, Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't be dejected and sad, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. How's, who's heard that verse before? The joy of the Lord is our strength, Right? Now, it's my job to help you uh, make your way through the Bible and help you uh, understand it maybe just a little bit better, put more skin on those words and make them, you know, mean a little bit more to us. So when uh, Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is our strength, uh, maybe a better word that we could use to um, describe that word strength or translate that word strength is this word, is protection. The joy of the Lord is our protection. The joy of the Lord is our protector. Right? It's the, it's the Greek word, ma'uz. Say it with me. Ma'uz. Some of these, uh, I'm sorry, they say Greek, I meant uh, Hebrew. The Hebrew words are something kind of fun to say every once in a while. But even better, like I said, protect, protection, protector. But it means a place of refuge, a place of safety. We might even say stronghold, a place where we can go and run to and be safe. So in other words, uh, the joy that comes from the Lord, the joy that comes from the Lord protects us, protects our thoughts protects our actions, protects our reactions. Too often when we live in this world and we react to this world, we're reacting to what happened to us, not because of who we are, not because of what we are, not because of whose we are. When we get all those things working together, then it starts to make a little more sense that the joy of the Lord is our protection. The joy of the Lord is our safety, our refuge, our, our stronghold. Rather than being directed or, or being dictated or affected by our happenstance, the things that happen in our lives. Now the Bible is chock full of examples of that, right? Of people who have gone through some happenstances that aren't uh, exactly, you know, desirable, not things that we would wish on ourselves or anybody else. Uh, but then they react differently because the, the joy of the Lord is their protection. The joy of the Lord is their stronghold. The joy of the Lord is their um, safety place. Um, the message, the title of the message this morning is Joy in the Lion's Den. So one example of a person going through a lot of different happenstances that we wouldn't wish on ourselves or anybody else, but yet coming through with complete joy is this guy named Daniel. Daniel in the Lion's Den, right? Daniel was captured 
as a young man, when um, the Assyrians conquered Jerusalem, he was brought back to Babylon when he was a young man with a lot of other people where he served. Now, uh, you might not realize this, but Daniel, once he left Jerusalem, he never went back. He never left Babylon. Some of the other prophets and some of the other people did go back uh, to Jerusalem, but Daniel didn't. Daniel was in uh, Babylon the, his, the rest of his uh, life, the rest of his life. Now, um, so, and, and he served under the king, he served under the government. Immediately they recognized his ability, his wisdom, um, the, his character, the way he handled things, the way he handled himself in, in the affairs of the government. They recognized him immediately and they were going to promote him uh, to what we would maybe call the prime minister, the one that's in charge. You know, maybe the king has absolute authority, but the prime minister really runs the government. So if we fast forward now, when Daniel is captured, he brought, he's brought into Babylon. And if you read the book of Daniel, and I'm not trying to paraphrase anything here, but uh, the book of Daniel, I'm not going to say complicated, but it's very complex. I'm going to skip forward to chapter 6, where we have this, de- this, uh, this lion's den thing. And if our math is correct, Daniel's about 80 years old at this point in history. He's about 80 years old. He's been in Babylon uh, almost this entire time. And a long story short, the king decides to put Daniel in charge of the government, make him the prime minister. Um, And he would only answer to the king himself. Well, there's these other guys. You can imagine that, now Daniel's a foreigner. You can imagine that these other guys, the satraps they call them, and the the court officials, um, weren't real happy about that whole idea, about Daniel, this foreigner, this guy being put in charge. So they set up a trap for him. You may know this story. They set up a trap for him, right? And they, they, these satraps and these officials go to the king and they say, oh, king, you know, they butter him up and say things like, oh, king, live forever and you are the almighty. And they said, uh, what we want to do is we wanna, want you to make a decree that says the people can only pray to you for the next 30 days. And the king thinks about it for a second. He said, that sounds pretty good. He said, go ahead and write it up and I'll sign it. So they go ahead and they write it up. And he signs it. And now, in that day, in those times, once a king signed something, you couldn't unsign it. You couldn't undo it. Because that would show that somewhere along the line, a mistake was made, and that was impossible for the king to make a mistake. So anything that he signed was law, and there's no change in it, no getting around it. So there's a law that says for 30 days, you can only pray to the king himself. Daniel sees that, and this is all in Daniel 6. Daniel sees that decree, and he says, huh. And he goes home and he does what he does every time when he's at home. He opens the windows that face Jerusalem. He literally gets on the floor, gets on his face, and he prays. And it says right in there in Daniel 6 uh, that he prayed three times that day. And, of course, those guys are there waiting and ready to trap him and throw him in the lion's den. So I've got a great little illustration up here um, that I need some help with. Um, Aubrey, would you be our Daniel this morning? Come on. Wait, I need somebody that will pray no matter what. I'm not going to make you pray up here, but would you pray no matter what? What are people told you? There's no little pressure up in you. I need something. You need a little bit to look like Daniel a little bit more. It's been a day of costumes, so. This isn't my bathrobe. This is what I use to dry the dog when I take him out of the tub. Okay, so here, if you could back up over here just a little bit. Okay, so you're Daniel. All right, so now, the rule is, Daniel, that you can't pray to anybody but the king. Do you agree with that? No, no, do you agree with that? No, absolutely not. Right, right. Okay, we should have practiced this earlier. Okay, so you need to be Daniel. So here's Daniel. Okay, so um, could you show us, um, you know, fold your hands, bow your head, close your eyes, how you would pray to with, with God? You know, so close your eyes and bow your head. Okay, good. you don't want to hide behind the sign, right? So, you know, we want, maybe wonder about that sometimes. We talk about this in VBS and other places. We fold our hands so that our hands aren't a distraction to different things. 
right, when we're praying. We close our eyes. Because if I'm praying up here and I'm looking out the window here, I'm watching people shovel their sidewalks, I'm watching Lou Lane over there, you know, do her thing. And so we get distracted. So we close our eyes, bow our head in reverence to who God is. Okay, so, all right, Daniel, good. All right, so you're praying. All right, now, I need a couple of guards. Who would like to be a guard? I need some big, strapping young men. I talked to one of you earlier. Who's, who's going to come up here? Yeah, come on up. And maybe one of the Stanek boys. Come on up. I got some guard robes here. These used to be curtains. Somehow they went out of style. I don't know. There we go. All right, good. Okay, so you guys come on up here. One on each side. Okay, so now there's a rule that says that you can't pray for 30 days. And really the only reason they made up that rule was to trap Daniel. Because they literally said he has absolutely no character flaws. He's done nothing wrong. He, there's nothing that he's done in his history that we can even hold against him. You know, he didn't throw a rock through somebody's window. He hasn't had, you know, different things going on in his life. He runs the government and his character very well. So they said, we got to come up with something. Oh, you guys need something else here. we got to come up with something else here. So they make this rule. Okay, guards need swords here. Here, take your sword. All right, now. Okay, so, no, no, no. See, Daniel doesn't know we're here we got to kind of sneak up a little bit on them. But these satraps and these officials have put you in place so that you can watch Daniel. Now, so the story goes like this. Daniel saw that decree. He read it on the wall, and then he went home, and he went home and he prayed. So go ahead and show us how you pray. Guards, get her! Get her! I mean, get him. Oh, there he is. All right. All right, so, all right, good. Wait, you can't. What's wrong with you guys? Come on, man. Okay. Where's Brooke? We should have practiced a little more too, huh, Okay, so back up a little bit. All right, all right. We're not, we're not going to run them through because now we're going to let the we're going to let the uh, the decree said. It, it was very clear. It said if anybody breaks this rule, they're going to go into the lion's den. Okay, so now you guys aren't aren't guards anymore. Here, take your robes off for a second. Now you're going to be lions. Okay. Yeah, you didn't know you're multitasking here. By the way, I get to play the donkey next year. Just I'm just saying, you know. I auditioned for that part, and somehow I just didn't get it. I don't know. Okay, so, all right, so now here's what we're going to do. I got some ropes here, and we're going to tie Daniel up, and we're going to bring him in, and we're going to have those lions um, destroy him, okay? So they're going to, they're going to, here's like this, yeah, under your arm, maybe a little more slack here, around this way, Okay. Through here. Here, you take these and we'll run them through that lion here. Good. Okay, here. We'll take these and run them through that lion here. Okay, now. So the king spent all night. Now, the king was Daniel's friend. Here, just go ahead and hang on to the rope with both hands. Go ahead and hang on to this part of the rope with both hands. Good, you do the same thing here. We'll just let these lions kind of... Hold right there. Now, the king was Daniel's friend and was counting on Daniel. You got to get tight? Tight, tight grip? Got it? Okay. So, Dan, uh, the king was Daniel's friend, wanted him to be the prime minister, thought very highly of Daniel. And like I said, once a decree was made, there was nothing anybody could do about it. Well, the king spent all day trying to figure this out, trying to find a loophole. Simply wasn't a loophole. Grab that on with both hands. Couldn't find a loophole. And so, he ended up putting him in the lion's den. But this is what the king said. He said these words right here. He said, your God will deliver you from this danger. 
right? The king was admitting, he said, I can't deliver you, but the God you worship, the God that you are with every day, the God that you are devoted to will deliver you. And that's something that we got to be thinking about. I'm going to get, uh, make the point of that a little bit later. So now, here's, a, here's the, the lions. You kind of fooled them down here. Okay, so here's the lions in here, and we're going to pull on these ropes, and we're going to pull on them really hard because we're going to make Daniel really suffer here, and we're going to have those lions zip in there and meet him. So pull on them really hard. What did you do? Okay, so Daniel was delivered from the, lion, the, the danger of the lions, right? So these lions came in. Ever tell your kids you're going to knock their heads together? The lions came in, they kind of got their heads knocked together, right? And that was it. And Daniel was safe. Okay, you guys, yeah, there you go. You can, now you can head back on. But you stay here, wait here, Daniel. Wait a second. We've got, we got a couple of things we've got to do here. Okay, so now, next morning, now the king spent a, a sleepless night, right, worrying about Daniel. And I'm going to tell you this. Daniel probably had an all right night's sleep. Because he was in there and he was in the safety, right? The joy of the Lord is our refuge. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Daniel was full of the joy of the Lord. He was in there and he was safe. God was keeping him safe, right? And so these lions are coming in. So now, next morning, now they, the, the night before, they'd put this big rock in front of it, kind of like the tomb with Jesus. They put this big rock in front of it and they sealed it with the king's ring. And all those guys that were trying to set him up, they all put their ring in that wax too to make sure that there was no way anybody could get in there and get Daniel out of there. King spent a restless night. No food, no entertainment. He was like worried the whole night. So he comes in there and it says that he said in anguish, which is the Hebrew word for hopelessness. Like there's no hope in this next sentence that I'm about to speak, the king is saying. But he shouts down in the pit and he says, Daniel, are you okay? Are you okay, Daniel? Did those ropes burn you at all? Were you okay? Yeah. So he said, Daniel said that God sent an angel to shut the mouths of the lions so that I would be safe. And he said, my God has delivered me. Okay, now. You're dismissed. Okay, give her a big round of applause. Thank you, Daniel. And Daniel 6 goes on, goes on to say this. This is the amazing part of this story now. You know, there's so many things, like I said, in Daniel 6 that go on here. The king said this. He said, all right, so Daniel said, um, I have been delivered by my God, by the living God is what he really says. And then, so all those guys that tried to set up Daniel, um, the king had them tossed in the lion's den in the pit. And then, um, long story short, that was a really bad day for those guys. But okay, verse 25 says this. Now, this is the amazing part, right? Um, If you think back to the story of Joseph and his brothers throwing him down in the pit, and Joseph said these words. He said, what you meant for harm, God meant for good. Here's the good that comes out of this. King Darius, this is verse 25 wrote to all the people, nations, and men of every language who were living in the land. So pretty much everyone. He wrote this to everyone. He said, may peace, your peace abound. Then he said this, I make a decree. Remember what I said about a decree? Couldn't be undone ever. Couldn't be undone ever. I make a decree in all the domain of my kingdom. People are to fear and tremble before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God. And enduring forever. He is the living God and enduring forever. And his kingdom is which will, one which will never be destroyed. And his dominion, will never be, his dominion will be forever. And then listen to this part. He delivers. He rescues. He performs signs. He performs wonders in heaven and on earth. Who, is also delivered, who has also delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. 
So this Daniel enjoyed success in the reign of Darius in the region of Cyrus, uh, the Persian. The king said this. He said, I've seen enough to know that I've seen enough. This is the living God. He said, kind of, I knew it before because I watched what Daniel did. I watched how Daniel carried himself. I watched how Daniel was devoted to everything. Pretty much knew it already by his actions. Do people know who God is because of our actions? That's kind of my question to you. And then the king said, Darius said, I've seen it. I understand now. And he said, not only am I going to understand it, but everybody in my kingdom is going to understand it. Because of the joy of the Lord, because of Daniel, because of what God did for him, through him, and with him, the entire kingdom was changed. The entire kingdom started worshiping who the living God is. Now, fast forward about 550 years-ish, if our math is right. That's the night that was read over here a minute ago. Right? Renee was reading about the angels coming. Right, The joy of the Lord. They're declaring the joy of the Lord. Right? Peace on earth. Joy to the world. What? The Lord has come. That's the one who delivers us. We might be thinking that we can find a loophole, we can find a way out, we can find our own way through this, just like the king was trying to figure that out and it wasn't going to happen. Same as it's not going to happen for us. But God himself has come down to shut the mouth, not of the lions for us, but the power of sin. Right? The power of the devil, and the big one is the power of death. He has literally shut the mouths of the power of death. So when we get done here with our time here on this earth, whatever it is, in this pit that we're living in, whenever that is, however that is, the God of heaven will deliver us from all of that and bring us home to himself, where he greets us with open arms. He doesn't shout down in the hole and say, are you okay? No, he says, welcome, good and gracious child. Can I get an amen to any of this? Yeah, you're picking up what I'm putting down here. There's some amazing stories in the Bible and some amazing things that happen, and God puts them there for our purpose. Not as a history lesson, not as a good night story. No, so that we can put ourselves where he is. God delivered Daniel as a demonstration to the power that he has over everything in the world. Right? The reason that we talk about lions is because they were the biggest thing, and the kings kept them around just because of their power. God said, that's nothing. Death is nothing. The power of the devil is nothing for any of that. If we put our faith, we put our trust in him. And I'm telling you right now, if you haven't done that for real, and if you haven't done that today, we have to do that on a daily basis. Turn ourselves back to God. Scripture says very clearly, Daniel was praying three times a day, devoting himself to God. Well, I'm not saying that there's rules like that, but we have to refresh that relationship with God every morning, every day. Because he's there to deliver us and to bring us out of this pit of despair. Would you pray with me? So Lord God, Heavenly Father, I thank you for gathering us here again this morning. I thank you for uh, the great show that you gave us this morning. uh, Telling uh, the Christmas story in a way that we can watch happen right in front of us. Thank you for those young ones who uh, are dedicated to you and are devoted to you and put some time and some effort and all that into it. Thank you for the adults that guided them through all of this from the people who picked the script to the people who are running the soundboard. Thank you, Lord, for all those people that you put in place so that we can hear your message and we can understand it. I pray, Lord, that you give us opportunities to to share that message with other people, to share that message with who you are, because who we are, I mean, because of who you are. 
So thank you, Lord, for being our deliverer. Thank you for uh, being our strength, where the joy of the Lord is our refuge, is our stronghold, is our protection, our place of safety. So thank you for giving that joy to us that you have said nobody can ever take away. No matter what happens to us, they might be able to destroy our happiness, but they can't destroy the joy that comes from you that lives inside of us because you live inside of us. Again, Lord, thank you for bringing us here. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for teaching us the, uh, the lessons that you have in store for us so that we can uh, strengthen our faith in who you are and how you work in our lives. And now, Lord, as we rise, please, congregation, we're going to pray the prayer that you taught us.